Greetings in Jesus' name. I'm Bishop Chester Wright, and this is the video teaching series, Praying in the Spirit. This is part one of that series, Learning to Pray in the Spirit. and This is lesson number 13 of part one. And in today's lesson, we're going to, uh, this is the third lesson uh, of three that which is be lesson number 11, 12, and 13, where I'm discussing the five major hindrances to people having a, uh, a liberty in the flow of speaking in tongues and the Holy Ghost. And uh, so today, uh, in this lesson, we're going to talk about uh, hindrances three, four, and five. And they're kind of essentially connected together. So I'm going to move through them uh, relatively quickly, whatever that means. Okay, so uh, let's start. So the uh, the third of the five hindrances is to have freedom in speaking in tongues, we must have faith that it is the will of God to have it now. We've got to believe that the word of God and the will of God is that you and I can have and should have a free flow of the Holy Ghost in tongues. Now, uh, Revelation twenty two seventeen, which is really close to being the last one of the last verses in the entire Bible. Uh, Revelation twenty two twenty one is the last verse. Uh, but so Revelation twenty two seventeen says, "And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will let him take of the water of life freely. It is freely." It is the will of God for there to be a free flow of the Holy Ghost and for us to be able to freely uh, be able to partake of the flow of the Holy Ghost, of the living water flowing into us through this fountain of living water or this spring, uh, which is exactly what happens. Uh, we, we are given a fountain of living waters, according to John 4.14, 4, uh, but there has to be a source for that spring. So from wherever in God and the deep things of God that, that, that the spirit of God flows from those deep things to the spring or the fountain in us, it flows up through by means of that spirit or that fountain. And, uh, and the King James calls it a well, but it's not really a well. The Greek word is speaking more of a spring or a fountain of living water. And when that begins to flow, there's going to be rivers, according to John 7, 38. Uh, according to Jesus in John 7, 38, there are going to be rivers of living water that are flowing. And as I've taught before, the word flow there is the Greek word E-R-E-O, which is the strengthened word uh, form of the Greek verb R-H-E-E-O, which is to speak or say, and it's almost always used of the utterance of the living voice, and it's in reference to almost always used in the context of the, what the Spirit is saying. So these rivers of living water are rivers of flow of words, supernaturally produced words through us. And they flow, they're rivers, and the rivers give life. That's what the river, it's a river, these are rivers, this is the, these are, this is the water of life, or living water. 
and the living water is flowing. And if the river of, if the, uh, if the water of life is flowing in rivers, then those are rivers of life and that those rivers of life are going and helping people. I cannot have that if I don't believe it's the will of God. I've got to believe it's the will of God. If we believe that God's word is true and that he is willing to give us the same liberty in the Holy Ghost that they had in the Bible, we must simply ask for and receive it as an act of faith. Now, obviously, this is after you've dealt with those first two hindrances. The five hindrances are given in the order in which they should be dealt with. At any time, you do not have a free flow and manifestation of the Spirit of God through you in tongues where the Spirit of God is bearing witness as he flows through you in tongues, then you need to come back and start with hindrance number one and work through them. So we work through number one, we work through number two, and now we're here. And now we've got to have faith and believe that this is the will of God. This is a very important point. We must never beg God for liberty in the Holy Ghost. Begging is unbelief. It's the will of God. I don't have to beg him to do which was his idea in the first place. So if it's not happening, it's not on God that's not, the reason it's not happening. If it's not happening, the reason is on me, not God. Has nothing to do with, well, it's not God's time or it's not God's will. No. The Holy Ghost lives in me always. He's always present. That means it's possible for him to always talk at any time. And I don't need any external circumstances getting me hyped up so that I, 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 so that I can speak in tongues. No. Now I may speak in tongues in an atmosphere that is supercharged by the presence of God when the churches come together. I may, I may pray in tongues then, but that is not the reason that I have a liberty in tongues. Because again, Speaking with tongues is not an emotional experience. It's a supernatural experience. I speak in tongues as the Spirit gives me the utterance, not as my emotions get jacked up and cause me to just blabber out a bunch of sounds that may or may not mean anything. That's not the will of God. After asking for that liberty, we must begin to thank God for for giving us that liberty before it happens. And I'm talking about breaking through into that liberty again. So after I've repented of all my sins and forgiven all those grudges so that my sins can be forgiven, and after, I, after I've surrendered my will and my life to God in obedience to his word, I've got to just simply believe the word of God and begin to thank him and receive what it is he wants us to have which is the liberty of the Holy Ghost. No one ever receives liberty in the Holy Ghost by believing that they will receive it someday. When, whenever God gets around to decide to give it to them, the will of God, the will of God for you and I, it's the will of God for you and I to receive this breakthrough right now, right this second. You could receive, if you've repented of all your sins and forgiven your grudges, and you've submitted yourself to God right now, if you've had the Holy Ghost before, right now you could break through and speak in tongues. If you just believed and did it, let it happen. 
We must receive liberty of the Spirit when it's offered by the giver, not when it's convenient to the recipient. The Lord has called whomsoever will to come and drink of his Spirit, the water of life, freely. Nobody that is thirsty for God drinks one time and is satisfied. So you can say to me, or better yet, you can do your best to persuade yourself. Well, I got the Holy Ghost. That's all is sufficient. I spoke in tongues once. That's enough. Really? Really? So you start your day by drinking something liquid once and you don't drink anything the rest of the day? Or you want to live your spiritual life by drinking of the living water one time and every day the rest of your life after that, you simply go through the motions of doing those things you think a person that is filled with the Holy Ghost is supposed to do, but doing it by your strength and your ability? Really? No, if you're thirsty for the Spirit and you have a living well, a well of living water in here, you're going to be drinking all day long, all day long, all day long. It kind of reminds me of the culture we have now where it's not unusual to see people walking around with gallon jugs or large containers of water so that they can drink from it all the time and stay hydrated. How about staying spiritually hydrated? How about being able to to partake of the Spirit of God and the flow of the Spirit of God anytime, any place that you might even sense that you might be thirsty? Of course, according to medical science, If I'm thirsty, I'm already dehydrated. So I'm supposed to be drinking for the purpose of not getting thirsty, naturally speaking. Well, if God created my natural body to be a living example of our spiritual relationship with him, then I should be partaking of the Spirit of God throughout the day so that I don't ever get thirsty. Because if I'm thirsty, that lets me know I've gone too long since I have been drinking of his spirit. And that's exactly what he says. Come and drink of the water of life freely. That's what thirsty people do. When we repeatedly ask for the liberty in God, that is not an indication of faith and desire. Oh, God, give me liberty. Oh, God, give me liberty. Oh, God, give me liberty. It's not going to happen because that's not faith. God does not make us beggars. Begging is never the will of God. Because if I'm begging him to give me something he already promised and initiated by his promise first, begging says, I don't believe him. Or I'm trying to earn or deserve what he's giving me rather than simply giving it, receiving it, and flowing in it as the gift that it is. If I want a breakthrough in the spirit, I cannot try to have it. I must be convinced that I want it now and believe that the Lord is willing to give it to me right now and I will receive it. And one of the easiest ways to do that is just begin to thank him in advance by faith for giving it to you even before you've received it. And next thing you know, you'll be speaking in tongues with a flow of the Spirit. But what if you've done all of that and you still, it's just not there for you? What's the problem? Number four hindrance, to receive the liberty of the Spirit. I must be willing to do exactly what I did to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. What is that? I must be willing to worship God out loud. 
If I'm just sitting quietly meditating with my mouth closed and I'm waiting to get to the liberty of the Spirit, never going to happen. Why? Because a hand that's not open to give is not open to receive. So if you had my phone and I was asking you to give me my phone and I kept my hand closed you can set it there, but it's not going to be long till it falls off because my closed hand can't receive. But if I open my hand, you can put it in my hand. And once it's in my hand, I can then close my hand around it because I've now taken possession of it. That's exactly the way it is with the Holy Ghost. It's the way it is. I open up my spirit in praise and in thanksgiving because I have repented of my sins, and by his grace I've forgiven all my grudges and, and, and let all that go. And then I have, by his grace I have submitted myself to his will and surrendered myself to him. And now I believe it is the will of God for me to have this liberty in the Holy Ghost. And once I do, once I believe that, I will respond and prove that I believe that by worshiping praising and thanking God out loud because I'm giving him praise for my spirit to be able to receive and to allow the spirit of God to flow freely in me and through me. I must first open my spirit up to him by praise and worship. And if I won't do that, it's not going to happen. Now, this must be done both aud- both audibly and verbally. Audibly is the sound. Verbally is the words. Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And if I'm not letting the Holy Ghost speak through me, first of all, in English, I'm not going to receive it in the Spirit. Isaiah 24, 14 says, They shall lift up their voice. They shall sing for the majesty of the Lord. They shall cry aloud from the sea. Second Chronicles twenty nineteen says, And the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korites uh, stood up to praise the Lord, God of Israel, with a loud voice on high. Psalm 66, 8, O bless our God, ye, pe- ye, ye people, and make the voice of his praise to be heard. Psalms 98.4, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth, make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. If you and I are not willing to worship God out loud, we will not receive any liberty in the Holy Ghost. It's as simple as that. It's just that simple. Why? Because even though it doesn't have to be loud to be the Holy Ghost, It's got to be out loud. Now, I have learned to pray in the Spirit at times and places where I was praying out loud, but you had to be really close to me to hear it because I was whispering because I did not desire to attract attention to myself because what I was doing was between the Lord and I. And many times, if I'm in a church service, in fact, most of the time, if I'm in church service, if you happen to be paying attention to me, the great majority of time, I will not have my eyes open. I will have them closed. 
And even when there's somebody talking in the microphone, if you look really closely, you'll see my lips moving because I'm praying in the Spirit. And I do that without even hardly thinking about it. I'm listening. I'm listening to what the preacher's saying. I'm, I'm listening and, and whatever. Now, if, the, if there's a song of praise going forth, a lot of times I'll praise the Lord. If there's prayer and ministry going forth, I'll do that. But when that, that's not going on, especially when there's preaching going forth, I am praying in the spirit with that preacher. I'm praying. It's not loud. I'm not trying to attract attention to myself. I can't hardly do that and sit still, but I'm not going through big gyrations. You have to see it. It's a just a gentle, uh, 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 most of the time, it's just a gentle rocking back and forth. I just go someplace else in the spirit. I'm listening to the preacher, but in my spirit, in my spirit, I'm praying in the spirit. And I'm praying for that preacher and I'm praying for the word of God to go forth and have free course. I'm praying for there to be liberty in that service. I'm praying for fruit for the word in that service. <clears throat> I do that a lot on an airplane. Even if there's somebody sitting next to me, I'll be praying in the spirit. I'm praying for me, praying for the people on that airplane, praying for what God's sending me to do. Or just letting the spirit pray, even though I don't know what he's praying, I know he's praying and I trust that. So finally, here comes number five. And if you've received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you had to experience this at least once. But it's amazing how many people will yield in a moment and God will fill them with the Holy Ghost. But then it's over the next few hours or days or weeks, everything in them kind of shuts down. Because the fifth of the hindrances are, first, I have to repent of my sins and to be forgiven of my sins, I have to forgive all the grudges. And then I have to surrender myself to the will of God so that I can obey the word of God. And then I have to believe that it's the will of God for me to have the Holy Ghost and the liberty and the flow of the Holy Ghost right now. And I believe that to the point that I begin to give thanks and praise to God and open up my spirit in thanks and praise to him so that I now can receive. Now, I remember as I talked to you about, uh, I think it was the end of lesson 10, I gave my personal testimony in all this. And uh, I remember how hard it was me, for me to speak in tongues, even though I had the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so I am covering this fifth hindrance, even for those that have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And even if it sounds like I'm talking to you as if you never have, if you don't have a liberty in the Holy Ghost, what I'm talking about in this fifth hindrance can very well be the hindrance because that ended up being my hindrance. This, what I'm talking about in my hind, in number five as the fifth hindrance was the number one hindrance for me not having a flow in the spirit. So if we will worship out loud with our hands raised as a sign of surrender to him, the liberty of the spirit of God will come to us in order to receive liberty. We must allow him to give it to us. We must allow him to do it. He will not violate our wills. Even if we've surrendered our will to him in prayer, still every moment of the day, I have to choose to walk in the will of God. And he will not violate my will in this life. He will not. He will not. 
according to Acts chapter 2, verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. God cannot and will not violate the will of any human being in this life. He will not do it, ever. Not in this life. Therefore, speaking in tongues cannot be viewed as something so overpowering that we expect uh, the Spirit of the Lord to take us over so that we lose control of ourselves. And I've seen this happen a lot of times with people that had a very powerful baptism of the Holy Ghost. And they, the devil convinced, the devil convinced them that it wasn't God if they spoke in, ever spoke in tongues that it wasn't that powerful. Now I'm going to tell you something. I was present for the birth of both of my sons. The, the first one up until the last moment, and that wasn't the doctor's plan. They let my wife sit out in the waiting room with my mother-in-law and I thinking that she was a long way off from birth. And it ended up being, they came out, said, come back, let's just let us check, see how you're doing. Well, the doctor, the baby was born about 30 minutes after that. They almost blew it. So it wasn't that that, that the, the allowance at the time you could be with your wife until the actual delivery, but I almost was. But with my second one, I was right there through every part of it. And let me tell you what, that was a dramatic experience. But he doesn't have to go through that. Neither one of them have to go through that experience every day to be alive. Because the most significant part of that experience was they came out of their mother's womb and they started crying, which was that, that voice of that sound of that cry was proof that they were breathing. And when we speak in tongues, it is proof that the Holy Ghost is in us. The breath of God is in us. Because now the voice of God, John chapter 3, verse 8, is speaking through us, proving that we now have the breath of the Spirit of God in us and that the Spirit of God is now speaking through us, which is the breath of God manifested. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit, John 3 and 8. But the problem is, when you have a very powerful baptism, the way I received the Holy Ghost was the way I thought I was supposed to receive it for the next 10 years. And so every time I prayed and eventually spoke in tongues, even though it was only about once or twice a year for the next 10 years, from the time I was 12 through the time I was 22, it was the same experience. And I expected the experience to be the same. And by my expectation, I limited how God could pray through me. I limited it. I limited it. God didn't limit it. I limited it. Because I kept expecting him to take over. Because that's what it felt like he did. I went through the, the, I went through the, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. And finally they had me saying hallelujah. So it was hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah until I kind I thought I got tongue tied. I was saying it too fast. And then I understand my lips. And then finally, and I didn't know how it happened. I didn't know what caused it, but all of a sudden somehow, I almost accidentally gave my tongues over. When it started, boy, it started. Whop, it just would thunder and flowed. And then I, as I said in my testimony, I wondered how I was going to stop it. And then finally, all of a sudden, it just would stop. And I didn't realize my part in any of that. 
I didn't realize that it couldn't start without me exercising my will to yield to let it start. And I didn't realize that it stopped because I exercised my will to stop it. I thought God was taking over. Well, he gives us he, uh, he, he gives us the unction to do it. He gives us the power to do it. He gives us the words to say, but it's still my tongue, my lips, my voice, and my will to allow it, to submit to it, to yield to it. And notice here in Acts 2.4, it says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. Well, according to the, because of the English rule uh, uh, and the Greek grammar rule of redundancy, there's a word that's not there that we understand is there. But without saying it, sometimes we don't really get the point. So I'm going to put the word in there. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. God is not going to talk through me in tongues. He's not going to take over and speak with another voice with me doing nothing. It's my tongue, my lips, my voice. And whatever emotional state I'm in has nothing to do with it. I can be very calm and nobody else around and speak in tongues because it's of the Spirit of God. Or I can be in the most powerful service I've ever been in my life or the most powerful prayer meeting I've ever been in my life with angels present and all kind of thundering of moving of God. And speak in tongues. But I'm not speaking in tongues because of that. I'm speaking in tongues as a part of that. The Greek word translated receive in Acts 2.38 is uh, lambano. The Greek word lambano doesn't mean to seize or arrest the spirit to twist or take the spirit away from God. It means to simply receive what is offered. He is offering the spirit and I simply take it and yield to it. Therefore, I can speak in tongues anytime I want to because I'm thirsty. And I can pray in tongues anytime he wants to pray through me even if I have no idea what he wants to pray about and why he wants to pray. I just yield to it. Now, because God cannot and will not violate the will of any human in this life, speaking in tongues cannot be viewed as something that overpowers us so that we expect the Spirit of the Lord to take us over so that we lose control of ourselves. I have had some powerful, powerful manifestations of the Holy Ghost in my life. And I thank God for every one of them. But I never was at one point in time in a place where I was out of control, meaning that I could not choose by my human will to stop it. Whatever appeared to be me being out of control was my submission to the Spirit of God. God will never 
violate your will. He will never take that over. So he offers his spirit, Lombano. He offers his spirit to us. And he abides in me, which means he's offering me his spirit all the time for my needs. And so it's true. Every time I speak in tongues, I have to choose to allow it to happen. I don't speak in tongues. It's my tongue, my lips, my voice, but I'm not the one supplying the language. I'm also, and I've also, by the grace of God, focused on learning how to yield to what God wants to say, but also how he wants to say it. If he has words to say, you mean he doesn't have feelings with which he wants to say that? So my desire is to not only let him speak, through me, the words he wants to say, but to let him speak it with his feelings. Now, that can be very quietly or it can thunder. Not my choice. My choice is to yield to him, to let him do whatever he wants to do. But he offers the spirit, and I've got to take it. I have to take it. We call that yielding to the spirit of God. I cannot talk in Two languages simultaneously. I have to choose to stop trying to say what I'm trying to say in English and allow him to give me the words that I then yield to and speak in his language. That has to happen. And that's the dividing line between speaking with my mind and speaking with my spirit. Uh, even if the, the the Holy Ghost is anointing the words I'm speaking with my mind, they come they're in English, and my mind understands them. They're, the dividing line is when I stop trying to say what I'm trying to say in English, and I allow Him to give me the words, and then I begin to say His words. God is not going to force speaking in tongues upon us if we expect that to happen. We will never have liberty in the Holy Ghost. At a, a very important point for every person desiring the free flow of the Holy Ghost in their lives is to remember this. Again, no one is, can speak in two languages simultaneously. When we feel the, or the spiritually sense the Spirit of God moving upon us, as long as we continue to force our own words out of our mouth, the Lord will not override our wills and make us speak in tongues ever. Again, Acts 2 4, they began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. God has never spoken in two languages at the same time. He's not about to start. He gives us the utterance and we do the talking. If we do not understand this, if we don't believe this, if we don't accept this as fact and true, we will actually end up resisting God as he's trying to give us the liberty in the spirit that we're, we say we're seeking for. He's not going to take over. He will not violate your will or mine. I've got to give it to him. In Jesus' name.
And I know there are people that are uncomfortable with the way I do all that. And the reason they're uncomfortable is because they can't. But the reason I can isn't because I'm better than anybody. Isn't because I'm more spiritual than other people. Not because I am rare person. I'm an anomaly. Because God is no respecter of persons. And it's his will for you and I and for every person that is baptized with the Holy Ghost to have liberty in the Spirit of God. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. I loose upon you the spirit of faith, and I loose upon you and me the spirit of grace that we might allow the Spirit of God to empower us and activate in us both the will and the resolve of that will to be able to do and to be able to do that which pleases the Lord. And it is pleasing to the Lord for the Spirit of God to flow out of us in rivers of living water to the glory of his name in Jesus' name. God bless you.